So how are you? I'm pretty tired, man. I've had a tiring week. In the stormy weather. Stormy weather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on, tell us about the storm then. Well, all it did was, uh, I didn't experience that much of it. I got a little bit of wind in my face. I got caught in the rain for a little bit. Um, it did sort of delay my journey and leave me stranded in Brighton for an extra day. Yeah. Wasn't it dramatic? It wasn't dramatic. It was quite annoying. Looking out the window and seeing trees smashing into cars. And yes, women people. and children running for their lives. Yeah, old, wasn't it? Old men standing in front of the path of trees to give other people a chance to run. It was yeah. very, very Hollywood. It wasn't like that. No, not at all. Not from what, what was I it could like? see. What did you experience? I, here's my experience. Um, I didn't even know there was a storm happening until about 10 o'clock the morning of the big storm. And, he was in um, Brighton? Yeah, I was in Brighton. 10 o'clock in the morning of the big storm. I'm sitting there in the office, walked into the office, and it was short. It was a little bit windy, but, you know, n no more windy than any other day by the sea. And then uh, this guy, one of my colleagues walks in and he says, oh, Liban, there's a storm brewing. And I, I turned to him and I said, what? Metaphorically or literally? What are you talking about? Yeah. He says, have you not looked at the news today? He said, go on BBC News. And then I see like a massive red warning on the front page of BBC News saying, Storm Eunice coming in. Everybody stay indoors until two o'clock this afternoon. And I was like, what? When did this all happen? I, I had no clue. I was clueless. But... Right, because you work in a deep underground secret bunker with no windows, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, when, how am I supposed to know the difference between a regular rainstorm and the storm of the century? No, no, but wasn't you, wasn't you there when the rain was lashing and the trees were being whipped and all of that? There was, there was a lot of that happening, but you have to understand it's not happening everywhere. Like a single tree getting ripped three miles away from where I'm sitting is not going to yeah. tell me what to do. It's not going to be obvious to me, is what I'm trying to say. And you're in a deep underground bunker with no windows, of course. Completely. Of course, I can't talk about my work with the uh, GHCQ and MI5. It's all very top secret. Yeah. We should probably record some of your thoughts of Riot, because nobody knows you work. You live and work in London, but you mm -hmm. spend a lot of time in Brighton. I do. Not all the time, but occasionally. And you hate Brighton, don't you? I hate Brighton. It's full of hippies and weirdos and people who think they're interesting, but they're not. It's, it's basically anybody in the UK, once they decide what their affectation is going to be, they make a conscious choice and they're like, my affectation is to be the guy who has purple hair. And then he, he, people in his town starts thinking, this guy's an attention-seeking whore and people start ostracizing him rightfully uh, and then he's like where can where can i hang out and be myself among other people who are also attention seeking whores and uh yeah they they all gather in brighton don't you think busy london has its own cabal of attention seeking whores though i think the, attention, was the, the attention seeking whores of london they come by it honestly because they're in a big town you need to stand out Whereas Brighton, it's a small town. You, you already stand out. What, what's the problem? I don't get it. What's, get the, it. 
Alright, let me ask you a bit more about this. Because I'm curious. Obviously, I was, I, I, I was born and raised Holistic in well. healers. Reiki healers. Crystal healing. All the fucking hippy-dippy natural I shit. Fucking... I should move there. Jesus. I should have moved there. Bunch of hi- white people with dreadlocks. Fucking... Girls with green hair. Every girl in Brighton, as soon as you get out of the train station, they give you a packet of L'Oreal green dye and they say, uh, you're not allowed to leave the station until you go into the toilets and dye your hair green. And then every woman has to do it. They just have to. They're not allowed out. Otherwise, they they have to get back on the train and go back to Chichester because that's the the only way you're allowed out of the station is with green hair. If you're a woman, I think it's quite misogynistic. Is it really like that? You, right, you come and top have to a, bottom. You come and have a walk and tell me, tell me what you think. But that's this is my experience. Well, my area. I mean, I was I was born and raised in Hackney, mm-hmm. but like on the south side of Hackney, so like bordering Hoxton and Shoreditch, and that area always had a large hipster contingent. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. To me, it doesn't sound too. I mean, not. I prefer that Reiki healing crystals vibe that you're mentioning to the hipster, try hard, rich kid fucking uh, vibe of you know. But the thing London. is, they in London, you've got the intense vibe, right? Those hipster, try hard, rich, rich kids who get money from mummy and daddy and settle down in Hoxton, yeah. they yeah. they conform to the intense vibe that you've got in London. Whereas these losers and wretched cretins from Brighton, they combine their hipsterdom and hippiness with the slower paced. Oh, we're just chill. We're relaxed. We take it easy. We just take it a day at a time. Oh, we're so laid back. That that vibe. I hate that vibe. I hate. Do you hate the phoniness? I hate chill people. Full stop. Anybody who ever really? describes themselves as chill and laid back is, as far as I'm concerned, the scum of the earth. Seriously. Anybody? Anybody? I've never gotten along with anybody <laughs> who is self-described as chill. What's your last experience with someone who said there was chill and laid back? None. I've seen a lot of women. A lot of women probably say that about themselves. Um, right? Well, not the women that I meet. Good lord! If I oh, you're if, in London. That's why. Yeah. If I ever meet a woman who describes herself as chill and laid back, I, I want nothing to do with her. I want an intensely focused woman who, when she's talking <coughs> to me, is almost intimidating in how focused she is on the conversation. Oh, that's very rare. I mean, they, you, you, you won't get people who focus on a conversation these days. That's, that's yeah, very but, rare. But that's why I love it. That's why when I come across those people, I'm so fascinated and mesmerized. I, yeah, I, I, I lose myself in those people very easily. Don't you think London is full of phonies, though, as well? You get phonies everywhere, but I think it's just what flavor of phony you, that rubs you the wrong way. I think the Brighton phonies just, they rub me, Johnny. They rub me. Yeah. What, what, so, so you like you like defectations that bring people to London, then? I, it's not that I like them, but they don't upset me. They don't go out. It doesn't aggravate me. I see them, and I'm like, all right, I see what you're doing. You just go ahead and do that away from me. But the people in Brighton, I see it, and it actively it actively gets on my tits. Really? Yeah. Have you spent? You have to spend a lot of time around people like that. 
when you're working. Luckily now, the the people that I work with are, for the most part, for the most part, they're not that precious. Yeah, it's Brighton Rich kids as well, and trust fund kids. Is it expensive? It's probably expensive now, right? It's pretty expensive. I think it's a bit of both. It does have a lot of rich kids, but it also has a lot of people living in pretty shitty conditions <laughs> so that they can stay there. Yeah, living in a tiny little box room in a room share. Exactly, exactly, yeah. But you know, they have the they have the Brighton vibe, and it makes it all worth it. Mm. Oh, well, come on, people do that in London though as well. You know what? I could say that exact same sentence. Let me say that sentence, but replace it with London. Oh, Go on. They, they they've got the you know the London vibe, but it makes it all yeah. worth it. The London vibe. Isn't there, isn't there an advert? There was an I remember there was an advert with Kate Moss or something. Yeah. And it was like get the London look. Oh, get the London. Gross, gross. And you know, you see, you for a while, it's probably out of fashion. You used to see girls everywhere, all across Europe. I remember noticing this in airports and stuff. Just T-shirts and bags with like London written on it. Oh, yeah. mate, the UK is so uncool now. Brexit has made the UK so uncool. Like, you think Brexit made it uncool? The UK's been uncool for fucking uh, 20 years, pretty much. I'm trying to pinpoint what it was because in 2012, when we had the Olympics, I think London was still cool. I think you we think still, so? I think we still had a bit of international cachet. I'm try. I don't know, but I, I think, think it still it has internet. I think it still has international cachet. But to me, London has been uncool. I mean, it's uncool. Maybe we even when it was great in the 90s, but like by the turn of the millennium, 100 no, percent was no. uncool. We still had a lot of young Europeans coming in and flooding in and having a nice time. That's all gone away. I think literally Brexit was the time when they d sort of, as soon as they got the sentiment that w the UK didn't want Europeans coming in, that's like that that sort of young people coming and spending a few years in London has absolutely gone away. To, well, when I was when I was growing up, I didn't meet like young, <clears throat> usually rich kids coming from Europe to London. It was always because they were in love with the history of London anyway, like in the London mythology. Like they loved the history of London music and the swing of the 60s and the punk and the, the streets, the fucking, you know, these great writers have walked, you know, yeah. Jack the Ripper, fucking all that shit. That, that's why they were coming. And that still exists. It still that has still that. exists, but that's not quite like... When they came here, they used to spend like a year or two years living here and exploring it, which they can't do as <clears> easily now. Right, yeah. Well, course, and they used yeah. to get all sorts of university grants to sort of pay for them to actually be here. Like the Erasmus program was a huge EU program that sent like European students to come to London and live here for a bit. That's gone. They can't do that anymore. Is that uh, gone? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I went on that, you know that. Did you? No shit. Go on. Tell me about it. But that's how, that's how I went to Austria. Oh, shit. I thought yeah. you just did that off your own back somehow. No, I wish I could have done it off Mate, my own tell back. me about it. How, do, how did you even find out about Erasmus? Because I didn't Danish hear, girl told me. I, I didn't hear girl. about that until I was like 30-something. I didn't. Well, I was desperate to get the fuck out of that place. I, I don't like London, for the record. Liban loves London. I think they know this at this point, don't they? Do have they, we, I don't have, they? Have we not declared this? Does. Well, I mean, the fact I don't live there maybe indicates my favorite. Okay, Johnny London. hates London. Liban loves London. He loves yeah. it. That's why I thought it'd be interesting to talk to you about your love of London. To try and unpeel it for me and try to, you know. Well, before we get on know. that, tell me about how Erasmus was for you when you went to Austria. 
I loved it. I had the best. Well, it was a cathartic experience. And how much time did you get to spend there? Seven months. Seven lovely and months. Only, Isn't that it was, nice? It was only seven months, but um, I'm trying not to ramble this episode. Also, I don't want to swear anymore. I think I swear too much. Really? Yeah, I don't. And I think I swear far too much. I want to remove swear words from my vocabulary. Oh, that's very sweet. In a way, that's very sweet. Yeah, I want to remove swear words from my vocabulary and and uh, any mean words. I notice myself using it because I really do that with words that I find repulsive, like content and consume. <laughs> Two words which, if you use together, are fucking apocalyptically disgusting to my to my. <laughs> Sensibility. Oh, I can't wait. Next time you ask me, Liban, how do you spend your weekend? I'm just the first yes, thing that's going to come to my yes. mind is yes, going to be, oh yeah, I just consumed some content. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't help it. Why would I you tell me you this? Will. I know Why you would you tell me this? I don't want to do this to you. Yeah, I could. I could take it from you. I, listen, I could take it from you because I know you're winding me up. <laughs> it's, it's when I'm. It's when I'm living a daily life and people just naturally say stuff like that that I fucking cringe and wish i was dead oh okay all right so you're yeah. taking so you're taking swear words out or you're trying to at least lessen it i'm trying to i'm not going to swear anymore I'm not going to use insulting words you know i want to clean up my vocabulary a little bit you know because right. i really think about I, language. I think i, I think... swear more than you though don't i no have you listened to any of the previous episodes i swear too easily too casually i swear a lot at home i swear okay all I, right Let's i mean I, just, I use swear words rhythmically you know they have a nice feeling to them. Yes, and it's, it adds a rhythm, but then that's why it's you can end up depending on them. Yeah, all right. But here's the thing, you remove that, and I think you would be able to express yourself. You know, what words would I use if I didn't have this easy, impactful words? Well, maybe I'd actually engage my brain a bit more and use more expressive words. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, all right. And then, you, But then this is going to become interesting in a way, because then that means that when you do swear it becomes a bit more powerful because you're adding a bit more meaning to it. Well, that's another thing, isn't it? Yeah, Words words change because we overuse them so much. Anyway, yeah. so we were talking about... Um, well, I want to ask you about London. I want to get, I want to get inside your head. All right, go for it. Talk, talk <clears> what, do, me. what do you immediately think of when you think of London? Like what, instantly, what, is there an image that comes to mind? I think feeling, of the streets. Yeah, I think of the what streets. What streets do? What streets do you think of specifically? Are there any specific ones? For me, I think it's the because I spent a lot of time in Soho professionally and uh, just on nights out. And yeah, I've spent a lot of time in Soho over the years. So any time I think of London, I'm thinking of the side streets in Soho. I'm thinking. That's of, an interesting. I'm thinking, of, huh? I'm thinking of Greek Street. I'm thinking of Frith Street. I'm thinking of Berwick Street. I'm thinking of. Oh, it's an interesting. Yeah. Go yeah, on. For, for me, it's yeah the side streets of Soho and the and the little alleys and shortcuts you take to get away from the crowds. Yeah. Soho Square and the little park between, uh, like you got a nice little green square between Oxford Street and when you're trying to go south. Um, yeah, that's the just... first thing. That's 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 the first thing. Someone says you're talking about something else general. Someone says London, bang, you, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if your brain mind works like that, but to me, like an image comes to you know. Yeah, I think of a I think of a rainy street in Soho. You don't think of your own area because when I think of London, the, mm-hmm. I just I kind of immediately think of my own 
area. Maybe the context matters as well. You don't think of your own area? No, because I don't do anything in my area. When I come to my area, I go straight to my house and I spend like all my time inside. And then in my area, I go to the shops, I go buy stuff. I spend a little bit of time in the local park when I need a bit of fresh air. Uh, but I don't actually spend that much time here. Anytime I'm spending time hanging out with friends or d going for meetings for work or anything, I'm going into central London. Do, do you, uh, do you, and what, what, do, uh, all right, just talk about the streets then a bit more, close mm -hmm. back, Callis, you know, Greeks, around Greek Street, whatever. Yeah. What's the, what, what, how would you describe the vibe? Say so someone's never been there, mm -hmm. they're interested. They're yeah. saying, oh, you're writing it in a book, you're trying to describe it, you're trying to build a scene, it's set there. Mm -hmm. How would you describe that particular area of London, the vibe, the colours, whatever it first comes to mind, you know? It's, uh, it's a good time. It's, uh, it's pretty lively. There's a lot, there's always something happening. There's a lot of weirdos walking around. It's been, to be fair, over the last 20, 20 years, it's been cleaned up a lot. There's not as many sleazy little shops. There's uh, there's a lot less uh, drug dealers walking around asking you if you want anything. Um, so it has been cleaned up. Wait, a did you just say there's fewer shops? Fewer sleazy shops. There used to be a oh, lot right. more sex shops and adult shops and um, literal whores standing in uh, like oh yeah, I remember, at, yeah. At, at, outside like doors inviting you to come in and have a good time. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Funnily enough. I used to work opposite from a whorehouse and uh, we used to, in one of our sort of communal areas, we used to have a view out onto the street and yeah. uh, there was a guy that we used to see go up there all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was a regular, you wouldn't, it's not a daily thing, but at least once a week we would spot this guy go through the red doors, go upstairs, and then come back down about half an hour later. And we, we, we always used to think about this guy and just wonder what kind of life he had where it's like, yeah, just going to a whorehouse was just a regular part of his routine. Yeah. Well, did you see a lot? You must have seen a lot of people go in and come out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, had, they, were, they were getting a lot of traffic. Oh, I miss that place. That was lovely. I never actually spoke to any of the women who work there, but... I yeah I know I saw you never I always... spoke to him. You just paid your cash and left. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to exchange words. <laughs> I just want this to be a ugly cold transaction. Here's my yeah. money. Let's <laughs> get me off. No talking. <laughs> That's interesting. And now you think it's cleaned up and yeah, it's cleaned up a lot. For the better or for the worse? Probably for the. Oh, I, oh here's the thing. On the one hand. It's for the better because it's safer now. I think people feel a lot safer, whereas some of those places used to be quite scary streets to walk on if you're, you know, a vulnerable person. But I, th for me, I enjoyed it back then a bit more because it had a bit more character. It was a bit more gritty. It was the possibilities of a night just getting weird were a bit more, uh, yeah, possible. It, it, it was a bit more fun for me. Yeah, well, that's the dichotomy we're living with these days, isn't it? But then it's also part of getting older. Maybe that's still happening somewhere out there and the young people are just, you know, going out, having the same experiences somewhere else, probably a bit more affordable. Has your opinion on London in general changed? I've spent time living in other places like Stockholm and Brighton and uh, it's just nothing has ever lived up to it or felt the same.
Felt the same in what way? What do you mean? Felt like what? That's it. Breathe into the mic so people know that you're thinking. Hmm. It feels dead. It feels. What feels? What feels dead everywhere except? Everywhere, for everywhere except for London. That I've maybe if I lived in a mega city like New York or Tokyo or Seoul, it would. I would get that same feeling. But when I go <clears> to a when I go to a second-rate city like Brighton or Stockholm, um, it just feels uh, dead and boring. It feels like yeah. the people. It's. I think it's that again. It's that laid-back thing where people are just you know drifting through life, not trying to do anything, just getting by. I don't, I don't like well, it. That's actually. I, I remember now. I wanted to ask you a bit about Sweden because you actually grew up in mm. Sweden in Stockholm, right? I did. I did. Well, not Stockholm oh. itself. I I actually grew up in a tiny town about five thousand people, uh, and it was a hundred kilometers outside of Stockholm. Oh, how was that? Yeah, it was idyllic. It was great. Great childhood. Idyllic. Yeah. Nice place to grow up. Absolutely fantastic place. But then my Stockholm, and then you moved to Stockholm or something? No, no. That when I got to about eleven, twelve, that's when my family moved over to the UK to London. It's interesting what you just said about Stockholm. Because it basically fits in with my probably probably uh, generalized uh, conception of Sweden. Go on. It's a very boring place. Hundred percent. A hundred percent. I was thinking boring. about. I was thinking about Sweden. Like, uh, I don't know. Cult, maybe because culture, they don't even have that much influence. Like the biggest cultural influence I could think of in Sweden is ABBA. And their music is very coldly and practically put together, which just enforces my opinion of Sweden. It's just these guys are particularly good at putting together these like very mechanical. But their the songs are brilliant. But mm -hmm. you know, again, it's not like it's built to spec. Yeah, it's built to spec. It's just a very well, very well crafted song with a touch of genius. Mm -hmm. But, the, but I think of Sweden as this very boring place where no one does anything except sit indoors all day and fucking... It is, is very... Correct? I'd call it parochial. Uh, parochial what does parochial mean to you? What does parochial mean to you? It means sort of like... When I, say, when I think of parochial, I think of uh, little town and everyone comfortable with the smallness yeah, of their town and their own habits and stuff like that. Exactly. And a bit more family-oriented, a bit more slow-paced, a bit more of outdoorsy enjoyment the thing about uh stockholm that i found was that i lived there i think when i was about 23 or 24 and i yeah. spent a year there and i found that it was the kind of place where people settle, settled down very early in life you had people who found their partners when they were sort of 18 19 stuck with them got married quite early had kids quite early and then by the time you're thirty something, you've already, you're, you're, everybody has kids that are in their teens, yeah. and the kind of lifestyle you have is that you go to work, you yes. you, you come back, you spend a bit of time with your family, uh, yes. you do your things, and then on the weekend, everybody has one little club that <clears> they belong to, a little hiking club, a little yeah. arts club, a just some sort of outdoorsy and healthy club that people join for to have a bit of socializing and to also get moving about a little bit so that they can stay physically healthy it's all very neutral very orderly orderly civilized and just empty of life and excitement and chemistry 
And people never yearn for anything more there. It's not frustrating. No, because they like it. They like the slow pace. They like the... Why do Swedish people like it? What is different about Swedish people? Well, it, it's, it comes down to the climate, doesn't it? It comes down to what you can actually... You put on the climate. I think the climate's going to affect your culture, isn't it? I'm sure there's loads of articles talking about climate and culture, but if you live in that kind of cold climate where half the year you're in darkness, where it gets from about November until March, where the only sunlight you get is between 8 a.m. and 2 in the afternoon, you're going to... Everybody's going to come home early and just spend their time indoors. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Is there, like, cold? See, I always thought as well, like... I mean, I don't want to talk about politics on the podcast, but I always thought it was kind of ridiculous when, like, other countries, like Americans or whatever, would say, why can't we be, like, Sweden with all their politics and stuff like that? And I think... You can't really in America because Sweden's clearly a boring country where everyone's just got low ambitions and can contently move through life into death and just fucking slumber along. Whereas America's this turbulent place where all these different kinds of people have these different kinds of lifestyles and they're, you know, like mm -hmm. that's it makes sense to me that that kind of politics works here and it doesn't work over here. Yeah, absolutely. The the, the the people of Sweden are very <laughs> homogenous. They're all very similar to each other. Yeah. I mean, I just go by cultural contributions. It's like, judging by the cultural contributions of Sweden, I built up this whole stereotype of what, <laughs> what a country is. <laughs> you know. But then again, like, all right, it's cold. It's, you know, whatever. Can you say the same thing about England and Britain, a country which has... A vast number of cultural contributions and doesn't seem like a sleepy content little place yeah but that comes from london and it, like that's driven by london no it doesn't absolutely it is and it's also driven by the fact that we're like historically in the middle of like a trade empire where we, we've got our external influences constantly changing our direction and giving us new impulses and and yeah. new things to consider Maybe the empire is a part there. It's not just from London. Come on now. It's, it's the, the, by London. It's, all it's London. absolutely not. Like, musically, the, 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 you know, the Beatles aren't from London. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I just need to prop up London because I know you're going to slag them off as much as you can. Yeah, no, I want to slag London off. I want to slag London off. You know, people, they, you know, it takes all sorts. It takes all sorts. And, that's what you want. That's what you want, eh? You know, it's nice that people like different things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We can't all we can't all like, uh, you know, sleepy places in countries that can't be spoken of due to operational security. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Is any of this yeah. worth keeping? We've been chatting for about fifteen minutes. Is it was this? Was any of this interesting? Yeah, we're peeling apart the layers of Lipan. Okay. That should be a podcast title. I did read an article where it said one of the key things for why people would listen to a podcast is the podcast title. Not, not the name of the podcast, but the, the episode titles. So we call this one uh, Peeling Back the Layers of Liban. <laughs> the Layers of Liban, yeah. Because uh, Liban has been listening, but who is this Liban? Who is it? Yeah, is exactly. He, exactly. 
Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't you want to shift the topic then? No, no, no. Let's keep at it. Let's let's find let's find the core of some truths and let's. Uh, but I think you've, you think you said everything you're willing to say about listen, London, I, Sweden. You've got to you've got to put the uh, Spanish Inquisition on me. You've got to be you've got to be you know what's that guy Frost Nixon? You've got to be Frost and get to get to the truth. I never saw Frost Nixon. Isn't David Frost like I, I wonder about it because he's like a doddering old idiot, and he every time I've seen David Frost, he was doing that show when I was a kid. Thought, he's long dead. He's long dead, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's long dead, but he was doing that show still. Mm-hmm. Probably in the 90s or whatever. All right, be Jeremy but, Paxton. Be, be, oh, um, I hate that cat. I hate Jeremy Paxton. He is the worst. He's the absolute People, worst. It's so ridiculous. People are like, Jeremy Paxton, he's such a good... He puts politicians on the spot, and he's like, he just talks over them. He yeah. interrupts them. That's and, the, like, I swear that that's the, that's the, that winds me up more than anything. Nothing would prompt me quick more quickly to violence than someone who keeps talking over me. You know? <laughs> the funny thing is, one of the things I hate the most about Jeremy Paxton is that... Paxton, not Paxton. What did I say? Pax- have, I, have I been saying Paxton the whole time? I don't know. You said Paxton then. Anyway, Paxman. The, one of the things I hate the most about him is the fact that he's the host of University Challenge. And oh, he, yeah, yeah. He reads out all these questions from the cards, right? And yeah. then, the, you know, the, the kids from the universities come out and they give the answers. Yeah. A lot of the time, when they give the wrong answer, he's got this look on his face as if yeah. his face as if he's disgusted by their ignorance. And the thing is, he only knows the answer because he's got it on a card yeah, in his yeah, fucking yeah. hands. So where yeah. does he get off? Where does yeah. he get off acting so smug and arrogant from? That's, That's what his I, whole I've never understood. Yeah. That's his whole routine now. This is whole routine, which is terrible. He's literally got the answers on a card in front of him, Johnny. I don't get it. He doesn't know these things. Do you think he reflects something in the British psyche? I mean, I'm always, I'm always wary because, like, you see people get successful in Britain, and there's a part of you think, why do people like this? What, do, what about? But then you realise he's just foisted on people by the BBC, and he has been for sixty years. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he's probably part of some sex ring or something. I wouldn't be surprised. You know? Would not be surprised. It's yeah. all sex rings. Now, the the real question is, how do we get into these sex rings? Because clearly, if we want to be successful as a podcast, we well, need no, to find a sex ring and get involved. Well, these, these aren't like fun sex rings. Bandies, right? No. I I thought... Disgusting sex rings. Jimmy Savile. You want oh, to do one no, to Jimmy Savile? Oh, not the children's Savile ones. No, not the children's, children's ones. ones. I was They're talking all... about the ones with adults who go to secret parties mm-hmm. where oh, you no. wear masks and it's kind of like Illuminati and they have like triangles and uh, pictures of eyes and stuff. I'm not talking about the ones where they pass around children. Ben, you don't want to be a part of that. Trust me. You don't want to be a part of that. Don't sell your soul. Come on. I haven't got a soul. Souls don't exist, Johnny. You, oh. Why are you winding me up? Why are you winding me up? <laughs> sorry, sorry. That that'll take us down a whole track. We don't need to go. Sorry. Exactly. I'm, you know, I said I wouldn't swear. <laughs> okay. No, no swearing from you. No swearing. Yeah. Um, um, what was I going to say? No, I am. I am interested in why people like London. Because to me, I just I, I don't know. I struggled to find it. I struggled to find anything to like about. Place. I mean, you get little pockets of things that are nice, mm-hmm. you know, little pockets of things. And I guess if you want to be on the scene and have stuff happening, it's I don't know. 
to me, to me, I tell you one thing I, I disliked about London is everything that seemed nice aesthetically about it, like the architecture, this old architecture, it's quite nice, it's aged, you know, it's very nice. And then they just slap all these like corporate logos all everywhere. And like, London has this very corporate look to it now. It literally looks like a, I don't know, it looks like the inside of a modern office building on the outside. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <clears throat> here's, a, here's a question for you. Have you ever seen like a movie that represented London in a way that felt kind of honest to you? Never. Not once. Never? Never. Whenever they do a movie in London, they always have guys in suits. Because any time you've got any expression of London in a movie, it's rich London. It's it's one of yes. two things. It's either yes. rich London, yes. where yes. you've got millionaires who live in Chelsea and Kensington, yes. or live yes. in high rises somewhere. That I, I couldn't even tell you where these high rises are, but somehow they're in luxury flats that can see yes. all of London, and yes. the characters live in this high high level world that I've never even seen. Or alternatively. It's a fantastically gritty London that's yes. so gritty that 11-year-old kids will come up to you and stab your stomach and then take your wallet. Uh, where, yeah, that you've got the low, low, low end that is, you know, it, it, I'm sure it exists, but I, I've seen like some, you know, I've, I've been in shitty parts. I've lived in shitty parts of London all my life. Never yeah. seen anything quite mm-hmm. like that. So it's I, it's always these things that aren't true to life yeah you see a lot of representations from the past where maybe it looks appealing and you think oh you don't know if that was even that was honest i think one movie i saw you know children of men the movie yes i thought that one looked a bit more like london in a kind of familiar way i think it used natural light and it's very dark it's kind of grim. It always looks like it's about to rain, mm-hmm. you know. And I thought, yeah. yeah, that's kind of like London. It's like, you know, I know. What I don't you know. Mean. But at I the same know. time, it was meant to be science fiction, so it was always a step removed from from us, anyway. Oh yeah, it descends into like something else in the countryside and all that crap. But you know, anyway. All right, let's move on from London. Uh, maybe you should tell the story of uh, when we played the game the other day. Uh, what game? I, I genuinely can't remember what game are we talking about. Oh, oh, bloody hell! Go um, on, give us, give us the whole story. Play by play. I've blocked that out of my memory because it was so bad. So, Johnny and me and our third friend, the third friend of our group, have been having this thing recently where we've been playing uh, co-op games together. We've been playing multiplayer games where all three of us are on the same side, trying to accomplish things and you know have a bit of fun have a bit of chit chat and uh one of the ones that we tried was a game called sea of thieves we all three of us installed it all three of us got ourselves ready it was a saturday evening we've cleared out some time um everybody's girlfriends were busy doing other things so we've now got time for just the three of us to have like a good four or five hour session of just having a fantastic time we start playing together and within maybe describe the game a bit so the game is basically we each get a character where we're a pirate 
and then we get a ship together and then we sail around the Caribbean doing little quests and uh, working together to rob other people and get treasure and loot and uh, yeah it's it, yeah. theoretically it's pretty fun and sailing is like somewhat complex like you man the sails you steer you navigate you yeah you have you have cannons all the rest you, you lower the mast you raise the mast you lower the anchor you raise the anchor to slow down whatever there's there's a lot of mechanics involved and you work as a team to get yeah. the ship moving and it's uh, it feels good to get it right yeah we start playing and after about half an hour i start feeling queasy <laughs> i start feeling queasy but I don't really say anything because I'm like, I, I start to think, oh, maybe I, I'm just, you know, I haven't had enough water. I'm, you know, the light from the, you know, laptop is getting in my eyes and giving me a headache, whatever. I'm just ignoring it, powering through, continuing play. I don't say anything to the dudes. And then after about 45 minutes, uh, they start to notice that I'm not doing anything. My character is standing completely still while Johnny and Amos's character are literally jumping around, swimming, fighting sharks, getting things. And my character is standing on the ship still doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> and uh, what, what was your reaction, Johnny? I had that, no, At that I... point, did you even notice that I wasn't doing anything? I was literally, because I was having a great old time. Like, I, literally, I think that game is fun for about a couple of hours only. But what makes it fun is that the water is so realistic, the way that the boat bobs on the water. So we were, like, in the middle of the ocean, and there's, like, the shipwreck that's, like, hanging just off under the water. Me and Amos were jumping in the water, going into the ship and pulling out these chests and then swimming back. And I was just having a great old time. And then, and then I was like, I had no idea really what Limbaugh was doing. And I think I think I know this first. I was asking you, like... Yeah, I basically got seasick, man. I got seasick <laughs> playing a fucking video game. I, after about an hour of playing, my stomach was so upset. It was just, I was full of nausea. My head was hurting. My eyes were hurting. Um, I genuinely felt like I was going to vomit. I... I started to tell the guys, I'm not sure about this game. I know you guys seem to be really enjoying it, but I hate this and I feel horrible right now. Um, but I was like, do you know what? Let me try to power through and let's play a bit more. Maybe this will go away. And that was the biggest mistake I made for that entire weekend was trying yeah. to power through when what I should have yeah. done was just to call it there. But out of consideration, out of respect, yeah, sure, sure. out of respect for the time and the sacrifice that my friends had made to make themselves available for this session, I kept going. And you know what? That's my fault for being too good of a person. Yeah, too good of a person. But the thing is, Amos said he got nauseous as well a bit. Oh, just a bit, though. And then and then also, do you... Wait <coughs> do you, Have you never got, like, nauseous playing any other kind of game? Not really, no. Like a game where there's like a movement or something, maybe a character like, I don't know. No, no, that's not that's not happening. First person before. games where you you're jumping around and shit like that. You no, never get nauseous. No, that's not happened to me before. Is this uh, the first time it's ever happened to you in a video game? Yeah, and it was horrifying, and I was, 
I turned off the video game. I didn't even I didn't even say goodbye to Johnny and Amos. I didn't even try to like you know pl plan our next like you know hangout. I lit in the middle of the game. I was like, guys, I can't do this. I'm out. I closed the closed the laptop, turned everything off. I went into my room, turned off the lights, and I lay on my bed flat for about two hours, trying not to vomit. Do you remember in an earlier podcast? It was horrible. This, it's fucking you, horrible. You said you hate the smell of the sea. Mm -hmm. And I completely understand why he's a real landlubber. Would you call yourself a landlubber? I'm 100% a landlubber. I love me the land. Love it. I love it. That's weird, though. But we should talk a bit about gaming, don't you think? That would be interesting. Yeah, go for it. Let's do it. We play some, we play some good games. I'm interested in you because you... you you're not that into gaming. You're not off into gaming, you know? I think the way to summarise it is that I like the idea of gaming. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of gaming. The idea of sitting yeah. there and having a fun time, controlling a character, doing fun things. I like the idea of it. And Top then, three video games, go. No idea, no idea, no idea. Oh, come on. You gave know. me top three video games before when we was chatting. Basically, I think what are, the ones that I like the most are RPGs from when I was yeah. a kid. Uh, and Knight, you love Knights, JRPGs. Knights, Knights of the Old Republic, Final Fantasy VIII. Um, the, those Bioware games I quite like, like Neverwinter Nights. I think those are old school RPGs are the ones that I uh, enjoyed. Did you play Final Fantasy VIII to completion? No, I think I think I had like. This is gonna take you right back. I had four discs. I had yes, four, four, four discs. Yeah. Four discs. Uh, the three of them were working. The fourth disc on that game was scratched up, and I couldn't get it working. Fucking hell! So I never would... actually completed Final Fantasy VIII. That's very unlucky. Well, that's something we could say for the Twitch streaming if we did Twitch streaming then, isn't it? What? Just uh, somehow managed to recreate the uh, the fourth, just the fourth CD. Because I'm not replaying through the first three CDs. You can do that these days. You can get download a game save, start wherever the fuck you want. You All know? Right. Yeah, save it for the Twitch stream. For the Patreon the... subscribers, patreon.com. No, Twitch stream is for everything. Listen, if you put something in the start of this show, you should also put in a call for submissions. Mm -hmm. Like if people making music or whatever. I remember. I remember. Was you really into the story of Final Fantasy VIII? Did you imagine yourself as that schoolboy teacher? What was the story? It's like a schoolboy and a teacher. Did you lose yourself in a fantasy world, Lipa? Absolutely. I was raising the pets. I think I remember having a pet in the game. A little chocobo. How do you remember that it was called a chocobo? Wow. Mate, I'm a game or pro gamer. Yeah, I had the chocobo. I was going around uh, getting, uh, you know, special moves and uh, equipment. And it was... I think I was about 14. No, how old was I? I can't remember how old I Early teens. I was in my early teens and I was having a great time with it. And the love interests. You like the love interests in RPGs, don't you, Lippa? Uh, no. Why? Why, Why not? I, uh, isn't that a love story? Final Fantasy VIII is literally a love story, isn't it? It does have a love story, but I don't think that the was the bit girl. that I liked. Don't be ashamed. Listen. Okay. Don't be ashamed. What I do, you were 14. You were what discovering I do, yourself. What I do in the privacy of my room when I was 14, <laughs> yeah, playing a game like Final Fantasy VIII, is between nobody except me and the girl from the game. That's, that's our private history. You don't need to get into that. I think there were two girls. 
there's the blonde girl and there was some other girl. I'm yeah. sorry, I don't know. We might have had a love triangle, sure. Yeah. But, you know, that's ancient history now. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah. What else did you like playing as a kid? Did you have a console as a kid? I had a Super Nintendo. Oh, very early on. Yeah, I had a Super Nintendo in the 90s. And then after that, I was a PC gamer. I never. What did you have on Super Nintendo? What games did you love on them? Uh, Mario Kart, Super Mario world i think i think it was super mario world um i had secret of mana oh did you like that so and i, I think had chrono trigger as well I, that's a brilliant game chrono trigger yeah i think chrono trigger was my favorite kid, game when i was a kid yeah chrono trigger they, they call it like the often the best jrpg because it's it's uh, it's quite tight all those the jrpgs they have such as much grinding and shit like that now, that one I remember just constantly progressing and constantly yeah, exactly. the story constantly moving forward. Yeah. That was quite fun. Famous soundtrack was sampled a lot in a lot of like rap tones as well. Right? I could I could easily see that. Yeah, the soundtrack was brilliant on that. What different worlds you ended up going into. You know, I think when you say you like the idea of gaming, I kind of understand what you mean by that. Cause, what do you understand you know, from that? What do you take away? Well, I take away this, right? Because I'm—I've always been like, even when I don't really play games, I've been on games sometimes, and then I go off games throughout my life. But it's always been interesting because it's like a media that I've grown up with, and I've watched it develop, and it's always been kind of exciting because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this this thing—it's like our thing, you know? In the way that like rock and roll was like a '50s and '60s kid thing, like, oh, I'm watching the development. This yeah, new art. that's always going to mean something to the kids who grew up in that generation. Yeah, and and not with video games, you've watched it. Like, even in the past ten years, it's like I wouldn't say improved; it's changed a lot. Yeah, evolved. It keeps evolving in weird and different ways. Yeah, in a technical. Yeah, there's a lot of change and stuff. So I don't know. That's that's what I mean when I think like the idea of gaming. Is that what you meant? Right? Yeah. But also the experience itself is more, I think, what I was aiming towards, where I like the idea of getting lost in a game and uh, having hours and hours of just fun. But I don't I don't know if it's my attention span or my interest, but I, I find it harder to lose myself in a game these days. Well, perfect example of that. You like the idea of game. You were one of the first people to rush out and get PS5. And everyone was fighting over him, and Lipan Sam had defeated all of them. I didn't. It was completely by accident. <laughs> I literally everyone in this was last December. Do you know what? It's over a year since it's been out, and people are still struggling to get it. Are they still struggling? There are people are genuinely oh. still struggling to get it. I got it within two weeks of its release, completely by accident, because I looked on a couple of websites, I couldn't find it, so I was like, "Fuck it, I give up." I'm not going to get one. That's just five hundred pounds I've saved. <laughs> not a not a problem. Unfortunately, yeah. I told a friend of mine of my desire to get a PS5. So yeah. when he went to a toy shop to get something for Christmas for his nephew, he saw two PS5s on the shelf, and he yeah. said to, he sent me a text message on the spot, and he said, "Liban, I'm going to get one of these ones. Do you want the other one?" And I texted him back a single word reply, yes. 
Yes. And the As universe, such, a gamer was born. The universe just gave it to me. I didn't want it. I gave yes, up on it. No but when you give up on something, the universe might just give it to you. That's true, actually. That's true about a lot of things in life. It happens when you're not looking for it. Yeah, that's why I've given up on love. That's what I'm saying. I've given up on love so that you I, can, give up on I can give the universe a chance to send it my way. It, that, that will absolutely happen. That will absolutely happen. when you give, Have you given up on love? Smash cut. 20 years later, Liban alone in a single bedsit <laughs> flat in London, North London, wondering where did my time go? <laughs> it reminds me of the Rick James song, Give Up On Love. Beautiful tune. Oh, I think I've heard that one. Uh, you should check it. I think I've sent it to you. So if you haven't heard it, that's just... Uh, would I recognise it if I heard it? It's maybe... So I just don't know. I'm not good with song names. You know this. Why are you bullying me? Yeah, yeah. But uh, have you really given up on love? I think I've given up on it for now. I think it's just, you know... I'm tired, Johnny. It's tired. I get it. I'm out I here. I get it, man. That's I'm tired. Thoughts. I'm fatigued. I've been through the wars. I've got my scars. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the tattoos. I've got, you know, I've seen what things. I've come out. I've come back from the jungles and my eyes, my eyes are, you know, they're not bright eyed and bushy anymore. They've seen things. Yeah, they've seen things. They felt things. You know, it's interesting. Um, this guy that I work with, he, he was in yeah. a great mood all day long. He's in a fantastic yeah. mood. Yeah. They're having jokes and laughs the whole day. And then. It gets towards the end of the day, and unfortunately, you know, in the industry that I work in, sometimes yeah, just you have to do overtime, which you can't avoid, uh, yeah. that you weren't expecting. Unplanned overtime, when situations go a bit sideways, and you have to spend an extra hour or an extra two hours yeah. at work to make something happen. Because yeah, there's yeah, a tight yeah. deadline, you've got to follow through, and it's out of your control. It's not like you chose to, for this to happen, but... Shit happens, shit goes sideways. He has to do a couple of hours of overtime. And yeah. he, gets, he, he calls his girlfriend to let her know that he's going to be late for dinner. And she just gives it to him, man. She, really? She gives it to him. And, you heard this? No, no, no. What I, all I can see is his body language completely changing. Uh. He's on a phone call. And uh, he just, I don't know what she said to him or how what she said What day was this on? This was uh, two days ago, Friday. So maybe she had plans to like, go somewhere with him or something. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But she gave it to him and he came back and his, he was just destroyed. He was like all the joy had left his body. His yeah. entire vibe had completely gone down. And it, the thing is, it was out of his control. Like, I, don't know what, I don't know what he could have done, but he's, yeah. So that's one of those things where I look at him and I think that's something that I don't miss is the one thing I don't miss is someone having that much power and control over how I feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although maybe if I was in his position, I wouldn't give a shit. I probably would be like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. But that's also that's also comes from having been single for so long where <laughs> in a relationship you do have to compromise and give a shit about other people's feelings. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're single for so long, there comes a point where you're like, I'm sorry, you can't make me feel shit for something that's out of my control. Go fuck yourself. I'm going to go do my job. I'll see you later. Yeah, well, you know. But I felt really sorry for him. I felt really sorry yeah. for him. That was That yeah. was not nice to see. 
one of those things, man. That's just something, you know. I mean, I, I, you know, you have your independence. And it's not hard as, like, someone in a relationship, sometimes you look at people who sing, you think, fucking hell, man, all the things you can do. If you wanted to, you could literally just buy a ticket to Peru. Uh-huh. Go, go to Peru. Spend a day walking around Peru. Uh-huh. And then come back. You can't do that. There's a whole world of possibilities that shut for you when you have a relationship. Well, you tell yourself you can't do that, but you can do that if you accept the consequences. <laughs> well, yeah. Bit of that. Yeah. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. You, you can't, can't do that. That's, you that's can't deeply. Do that. No, you can't do that. You can't See, do oh that. man, you don't know. Oh, God, you can do that. Just accept man. the consequences. Just accept the consequences. The consequences are you're not in a relationship anymore. <laughs> there you go. You want to act like you're single, you will end up single. That's yeah. how it works. That's true. That's true. But you could do that, Lippo. I could, I could. I do. I do very much value my free time. I respect it. I. I. I there's a. There's. A, I, I'm not ignorant to the fact that there's huge advantages to being single. Yeah. You've got free time, a lot of free time. You're only responsible for yourself. That's a huge thing, man. All the independence in the world. No responsibilities. God. Ah, that feels pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so enjoy it when you can, because some lady will ensnare you eventually, Liban. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm out here waiting to get instead. Yeah. What percentage? What percentage chance do you think there is that you meet a woman by this podcast? Honestly. Oh, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to meet. Oh God, I wouldn't want to meet. I wouldn't want to meet one of our listeners. They're fucking weirdos. Half of them are going to be conspiracy freaks who listen so that they can hear what you've got to say. Well, they're not going to be interested in you either. They're going to be interested in coming for me. Yeah, but what if, here's the thing, here's the thing. What if one of the conspiracy weirdos is a woman and uh, she's here to hear about your conspiracies, but over time, she, you know, she's exposed to me and uh, familiarity breeds contempt, which then breeds, you know, a little bit of interest. And before you know it, she's in love with me. Yeah. I'm not going to get with a conspiracy weirdo. What if she's beautiful and kind and lovely? Yeah, but then I'm going to have to sit here and listen to her talking about, you know, He's the done. world, the world, new world order, and lizards, and no, you don't. We, we, look, look, the conspiracy community. We learn our lesson. We keep it. We keep it on the down low. We just communicate by secret. You, you do not. You do not. You're all over the news these days. The days of your people being undercover no. are gone. You guys no, are going no. on CNN. You're going on BBC. You're no. making a nuisance of yourself. You're everywhere, man. People, There's a lot of charlatans. It's are... no, a lot of charlatans pretending to speak. We're we're here. We're here working in the in the back, hiding hiding ourselves. You know the real the real the real ones. All right. You all know. Right. Well, we'll see. So what? But what if a woman is listening to you and finds you genuinely funny on the podcast? You know, and then she's like, "Oh, this guy sounds nice," and he's single. When she sees a picture of you, because you probably put a picture of you out somewhere. Yeah, my narcissism like, means that I will be plastering my face all over this podcast. Yeah, I don't know how you could do it, but okay, do that. And then she sees it, and she's like, this guy's really nice, and he's funny, and he's in London. Well, I'm in London, and got a job, and all this stuff. And she reaches out to you via an email and said, look, I know this is strange, but 
he sounded really funny on the podcast, like a really nice guy. Do you want to go for a few drinks in London? And you sound like you'd be an amazing lover. At yeah. times passionate, at <laughs> times is. very gentle. <laughs> Would you take him up on that offer? I don't know. I think, I think I'd be a bit freaked out. I'd... That's a yes. That's a yes. Is that a yes or is so it? Message in if you want to date with Liban. Oh, please don't. Please don't. Please message in if you want to date with Liban. I'm cutting all of this out, bro. I don't know. Why would you cut this out? I don't, I don't want. I don't want emails. He's freaking. You can't me be out, cutting out stuff. You can't be cutting out stuff that that is no. <laughs> Let people message in. Who knows what happens? This could be magical. This could be incredible. Oh, it'd be funny. This, it could just be very funny. Have you, right? Is this what you've been plotting the whole time? Is the whole reason you got us doing no, this podcast so no, that yeah. you could do the weird little experiment where you pimp me out to listeners? <laughs> Liban is available for dates. <laughs> he will even pay for some of them. Oh, God. Uh, and uh, that'd be great. I think that'd be great. Look, let's not pretend that you wouldn't take a beautiful woman up on an offer for drinks. Come on now. Let's not pretend. I am pretty shallow. I'm famously shallow. Yeah, exactly. No, you're not shallow. You're not shallow at all. See, this is another thing that's brilliant about it. So right in, ladies. I'm so fucking freaked out right now. Because obviously it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but just picturing what do you mean it's not gonna it is happen? freaking me out a bit. What do you mean it's not going to happen? We're going to have 50 listeners at most, and they're going to be spread out all over the world. No, but we'll probably have a few listeners in London because this is quite a London-centric podcast, you know? And, you know, a lot of people are in London now. And London is an international city. Maybe. How about this? There's a Brazilian woman. She heard you in Brazil. She loves the way you sound in Brazil. Oh, and she's visiting London next summer, but only for five days. And she wants to spend one of those days with you, Liban. This is so weird. Why are you doing What's this? Weird about it? What this are you is so weird. About? What is weird about this? What is weird about this? This is so weird. I don't I don't know why am I I'm I'm I'm, I'm acting weird now. This is this is interesting, Liban. This okay. is interesting. All right. I wish I had my soundboard with the therapist chair because I would be hitting that button. With all, with I've got all, goosebumps. I'll be punching that button I'm, right now. I'm cringing upon. I'm I'm entering a black hole. I'm. Why no? Why? What is what is it? What about this? Is making make you feel weird? Because I'm getting shades of I won't go up that tree again. I won't go up that tree. <laughs> what I won't go it, what up is, that tree. What is it about? What is it? What is, what is about this about you making you feel weird about it? I think there's a power imbalance. I think maybe that might be what it is. I think what, so, what if, is somebody, if somebody is listening to this, and yeah. this is what six, seven episodes in, they know a hell of a lot about me. They know so right. much about me, and I know right. nothing about them. I'm immediately, right. I'm immediately at a loss, and I've got so much catching up to do. So it isn't just, it? You don't find that exciting. No, I want to be on an equal footing. Well, in a way, you could say that's an uneven footing in your favour. How so? Because, you ha- because they already know who you are and they like you. So you know already that they like you somewhat. You can feel relaxed. You could be like, yeah, I'm not showing this person who I am. I don't have to put a show on. I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to be careful of every gesture in case they might read to it. They know kind of who I am. Whereas this person is the one who's going to have to show themselves to me. So it's a power balance in your favour in one sense, isn't it? Do you think so? 
You don't think so at all? I don't know. I just think about it in terms of operational security. All right, but when you're dating, operational security goes out of Ah, see? Where's the conspiracy guy now, Johnny? <laughs> where's the conspiracy guy who uh, adheres to the protocol at all times? Listen, in love, I mean, look. Listen, you just you just have to... you just uh, In love, there's no such thing as operational security. And you know what? That's, that's, the, name, that's, that's the name of my new upcoming song. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we, that's too good of a line not to use in some context. In, in love, there is no operational security. <laughs> could that be the name of this episode? You know, we were talking could, about how yeah, episodes are going to have good names. Let's just make it... Let's just throw all the names out randomly. They don't relevant to anything in the this show. <laughs> I don't know. I think they'd be lovely if you met a listener from the show. That's interesting. How are you? Are you averse to romance? No, I, mean, I love romance. Even... I fucking love romance. What's your idea? But of romance? this feels artificial. What's this your feels idea? Of forced. What's what's forced about it? You know, we're on a podcast. We're supposed to have a relationship with the audience where we're sort of, you know just a voice in the background of the noise of their lives. If yeah. we suddenly start, and sure, they interact with us in emails and they send us questions and answers. Yeah. And yeah. If we suddenly start having groupie sex with our listeners, it's just going to make it a weird situation. It's just going to get very, and let's be fair. Our only listener is Amos. So you're basically saying <laughs> I should get Amos and get him to come to London and make sweet, sweet love to Amos. No, it's just exactly what I'm saying. I think that's what you're leading towards. And I'm sorry, Amos, if you're listening this to this, but I'm not interested in you. But you know, if you're like, if you were like a famous musician, everyone's heard of you. I mean, practically everyone you date is going to know you on some level or something, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Like you, you know, and that's who you are. You know, you have to start thinking about yourself, Lipa. Oh, You're like Kanye West, man. Everyone you meet is going to know who you are. It's the guy from the podcast, isn't it? Mm. It's the guy from the, you know, True. it's the guy who got sick this is a, your This is an aspect of fame I hadn't considered. Exactly. They know you and you're an open book. You didn't even think, you didn't even consider this. this is I didn't, I genuinely spirit. didn't. Because up to this point, before we started the podcast, my whole life, I, I always knew that if somebody liked me, they genuinely, God, they must genuinely like me because, you know, I, who am I, right? Yeah, but yeah. now, suddenly, there's this whole aspect of it is do they like me or do they like who I portray on this podcast? Which Are is, you portraying which someone is, on the Absolutely. This isn't me. Like, we've, who I, don't, the real I don't even talk like this. This is not even my accent. This is, this is some character I've fabricated for this show. Yes, Good Okay, I'm, 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 I find it fascinating. I'm just going to say, I find it fascinating your aversion to romance. I, listen, I love romance. I love what's the feeling. Your, what's your idea? The feeling. It's not a feeling. Sometimes you've got to make the romance happen now, isn't it? Surely? Sure. Yes? Uh, yeah, no? yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you. But uh, what's romantic about someone emailing? Like, the, if anything, is this not what we were talking about with digital convenience a few weeks ago? Like this it's is not. this is about as convenient as it gets to have your fans, your your people who listen to you, email you, and then just go through them and pick one out, and then that's saying that's gonna happen. Come on, I'm not now. I'm not saying that's gonna happen. 
that you're going to go through and pick them. But what if someone messages you and says something very sweet about you, and you're like, oh, actually, she looks pretty fit in her pictures. I'm going to go in. Oh, that's hilarious. She says something very sweet. And I'm like, yeah, she looks fit in that picture. Uh, interesting. I find it fascinating, Liban. I find it fascinating. <laughs> green flags. Do you have any green flags? Yeah. You had one earlier. Anybody, anybody who sort of, you know, is up for a laugh and laughs openly. I like people yes. who laugh openly, who are generous with their laughter. Generous with their laughter. That's a green flag, big flag. Do you hear that, ladies? Oh, so you're trying to give? The, are you trying to no, coach? You're trying on, to coach our else? audience now. Do you hear? <laughs> do you hear that, Amos? This is how you have to present yourself to me from now on. No, go on, go on. What else? What else? I'm curious. I'm curious. What else is there? What else is a green flag? Mm. Do you have a? Do you have a type physically in women? Are you um, open to anything? I think I'm open to anything, but when I look at the people I've actually gotten close to, they tend to be short people. Short people? Yeah, I think I like short asses. And, <laughs> and distinctive, anything distinctive? Do you like a certain uh, fashion sense? No, not that fussed about fashion. Yeah. Okay. Very open-minded, in fact. What can I say? It's a... I think you've dated a lot of broad range of I think that probably makes it harder, if anything, because if you were really, if you had a narrow selection of what you like, you'd probably make more of an effort to get out there and find your little niche. Whereas I think I'm too probably too open, where I'm like, eh, I could probably get along and, and uh, be attracted to most women. I think it's pretty. I mean, you never know. You never know. You might find a woman who doesn't, you know, who you wouldn't even say is your type, and then. She has all these different qualities that it takes you a little bit to discover. Have you dated a lot of uh, boring British women? Funnily enough, no. I think I tend to mostly date uh, foreigners. And they tend to be boring. Let me let me rephrase that. The people I've had more than one date with tend to be foreigners. <laughs> right, and the British women are very boring. Yes. Not all of them. Not all of them. Don't Don't come for me, British women. But they're boring. Why are they boring? Are they obsessed, too obsessed with their work? Right? Listen, I don't know what it is, but I just don't find them that interesting. You need to start getting us on dates. But the thing, the, I think podcast. what makes it what makes it difficult to talk about in this context is yeah. who the fuck are you like? Me making any statement about my preferences or going this way or that way, it immediately raises the question, who the fuck are you to judge anyone? What are you talking about? I feel arrogant. I don't I feel arrogant. I feel arrogant. Do you not you feel what arrogant I'm having preferences for who you're going to spend the rest of your life with? No, what? I feel arrogant coming on a podcast and saying I don't... I don't enjoy dates with British women. What I feel like I'm just I don't know how do I phrase this? What do I say? Mate. Help me mate, out here. Help me. Mate, you passed that bridge a long time ago. You passed the bridge of arrogance the second you decided to record yourself mm. having a 
fucking conversation in your bedroom mm. and charge people money for it. Mm. You pass the bridge of arrogance. You're of... deep into the the jungles of arrogance right now. <laughs> oh, how did I not realize? How did you're I not realize? Heart of the, you're in the, the heart of I, I the thought Congolese I was still... jungles of arrogance. Is what I you thought I was in. still in the beaches of humility. No. Of course, we have to pretend that we're humble people. Mm-hmm. We just so happened to trip upon the idea of doing a podcast and oh. Are we charging money? Oh, I didn't even know we're charging money for this. Yeah, oh, is this your pretend. money? Is this your money? Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, you see a whole fucking... That's why I actually get very pissed off about people not talking about money because, like, a lot of those podcasts that make a lot of money. They go on the podcast and they're, like, just pretending they're lazing about and telling everyday stories. Like, mate, I can see how much fucking money you're making. I know you're not an average person. I can see how much money you're making for just fucking <laughs> farting for two hours every week. Don't pretend you fucking live a normal life. Do you have enough money to hire a fucking team of servants? You can't. Okay, so so I'm I've crossed the bridge of arrogance. I'm in the jungle of I'm arrogance. Swearing. Stop me swearing in that place. Do you really want me to? Yeah, I'm, I want to clean swearing up in my vocabulary. Okay, all right, we'll do that. We'll help you. We'll make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a journey that the listeners can join in. And message me if you heard me swear this podcast and, you know, you want to point it out to me. And I will send you a personal apology. Personal apology for every time I swear on this podcast. Oh, don't promise that. You're going to lose your entire life to this. I promise you. Oh, no, I don't like, actually, I don't like to make promises. I never, I, never, I don't like to even say, see, this is, I take words seriously. Man. If I say I promise something, I genuinely would do everything in my power to do it. So I don't even like to say I promise. You know, my girlfriend knows that. And when I'm playing around with her, it's like, are you going to do this? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. You do promise. And I'm like, I'll do it. Relax. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like to say the word. You would take a man is only as good as his word. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. All right. This is the BBC so I had to stay an extra day in Brighton. And uh, yeah. The, the the original hotel that I was staying in, I'd already checked out. And by the time I decided, you know what, I'm not going to get out of Brighton today, I tried to book the original hotel and it was fully sold out. So I had to book another hotel, uh, which was uh, just fucking shit. Yeah, let me... What was shit about it? Let me just put it out there. I'm going to put them on blast, okay? Really? People, of the, world, that, people of the world, listen to my close words very closely. Should you ever find yourself in a hotel in Brighton by the seafront called the Royal Albion, keep walking. You're better than that. It's a piece of shit with piece of shit people. And uh, the staff were nice. Oh, my God. The lady who checked me in, just an angel. The people in all of the rooms around me, fucking losers, weirdos, and just dickheads. Uh, Hold on. Isn't that fun fair to the hotel there? They just had bad people booked in. Noisy people booked in. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> what do you think? You're going to kill the business here, Limba. Let it die. If, to, quote, no. uh, to quote Ivan Drago from Rocky IV, <laughs> if it dies, it dies. First of all, they put me in a room that was on street level, um, uh, right next to the main road, and the whole night, 
this is a Friday evening. The whole night, I had people drunkenly walking past, shouting right, right. to get to the nightclub, which is two doors down from the hotel, so Oof. that I could barely get any sleep because the whole night people are shouting and excitedly coming out of the club and excitedly going into the club. Could you hear the club as well? In the distance, I could hear a slight thump. Yeah. A slight thump in baseline. Um, next, so that's outside. Next door to me. In the middle of the night, this couple starts fighting really loudly, right next door. And uh, they break up, uh, they come out into the hallway. Uh, she says to the guy, get out, don't come into my room, I'm fucking done with you, slams the door on him. And he stands in the hallway shouting into the room for a good, like, five, ten minutes. And the whole time he's shouting, Lauren, Lauren, you can't do this. <laughs> Lauren! And I can tell by both of their voices, they're between the ages of like 19 and 23. Do you know what they broke up about? I, not a clue. <clears throat> not a clue. I just hear the breakup and it's just loud and annoying. And somebody else loses their patience before I do. So somebody must have called reception and reported them because security came and they, uh, they told the guy to be quiet and to get back inside his room. And then there's like a five minute argument between Lauren, Donovan and the security guy. And uh, in the end, they decide to go in and he's going to, you know, sleep on the sofa or whatever. And she's going to sleep in this meant to be like, you know, shut up, let everybody else sleep. Um, 45 minutes or an hour later, when I eventually managed to get back into a semblance of sleep, I hear them shouting again fucking going at it again she kicks him out of the room and then he sits in the hallway and then he's just whining the whiniest tone you can imagine and he's going what's he saying lauren i don't want to fight anymore i just want to sleep lauren <laughs> i just want to sleep let me sleep please lauren is uh, the whiniest whingiest tone you can imagine and a drunken one as well like, I, I, want drunk, you to, yeah. I want you to picture the whole time everybody's drunk except for the security guy. I can vividly picture this, yeah. Oh, just a nightmare. So, At no point did you think, Lila, if this is going to be a 50 grand a month podcast, mm -hmm. when stuff like that happens, you need to whip out your phone, yeah. hit record, and give a commentary on events so we can get some of the ambience, some of that beautiful ambience. Oh, God. I was too tired, man. I'd spent a whole day working and... Uh, I just, I just wanted to sleep, and it wasn't happening. But your previous hotel was wonderful, you said. Fantastic. I was on the fourth floor, away from the ground level, can't hear anything from outside. All of the rooms around me are quiet. It's just so peaceful, can't hear a thing, perfect bed. I had three nights of amazing sleep, where I was going to bed at... 10.30, waking up at 7.30, just feeling rested and energised and amazing. What did you get up to in your hotel room? Did you watch TV in your hotel room? I'll tell you one incident that stands out in that hotel. This was a Go bit on. concerning. Go it on. wasn't the hotel's fault. This was a bit concerning. One Go of the nights at 11 o'clock, just as I'm about to go to bed, to sleep, I hear a knock on the door. Oh... And I'm not expecting anyone. I haven't ordered any hookers to the room. So, I get up, go to the door, open it up. And what do I see, Johnny? What do you think I see? Give me a couple of guesses. I have no idea. I have no idea. You've already discounted the hookers. So I'm, I'm out of ideas. No hookers. 
Um, room service? Nope. The concierge? Nope. The next door neighbor? I don't know what the fuck that was. I see a nine-year-old boy. Eight, nine, fuck. ten, very young boy. Knocks on the door. I open it. I, I look up, nobody's there. I look down, it's a tiny boy staring up at me. And he says, Is my nana in there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm shitting myself, man. I'm, a, gr I'm a grown man in a hotel room with a little boy. And uh, I'm picturing all sorts of cameras seeing a little boy in the hallway. And then I can't... If this boy comes into this room, this is a dangerous situation. So I make sure, first of all, he ain't coming in. I'm I'm keeping... The, I'm holding the door like Is this. that your first instinct? Absolutely. First, first instinct, instinct is to be afraid... <laughs> That, you know, people are going to get the wrong idea. What the fuck? I am not risking... I'm not risking... Listen, I'm a grown right, man. I'm, I'm not, not risking... Right. I'm not going up that tree, Johnny. Listen to me. I'm not going up that tree. So right. I'm holding the just... door like he's a threatening, like, guy from a biker gang with like tattoos. Kicking him gently. Like he's gonna... Kicking him gently with your foot to make sure he doesn't crash the threshold. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's at the threshold looking up at me, says, is my nana in there? And I said, no, your nana isn't in here. And he says, where is she? And I said, <laughs> I don't know. Walk around and have a look. And then I close oh, the door. Man. I close the serious? door. I'm, I'm not even joking. I, no, I, know, I know you're not joking. I, I know you would do. I promise you, I closed this door. And then I looked out the peephole to see what, what was going to happen. And he looked around and he kept walking. And he went to the room next door and knocked on their door. And then what? I don't know. I couldn't hear. They actually, they actually said to him, no, where did you last see her? And had she helped the young boy find his nan? Whatever it was, just... <laughs> whatever they did, that's their prerogative. My prerogative is to keep myself safe in a society that, you know, is very judgmental about grown men hanging around children. I'm not no. taking any risks. What do you mean? Oh, so, wait a minute. You care about the safety of children. Listen, I was topless and in my Which boxes. Is... Topless oh, in right. my boxes in a hotel room at 11 o'clock with a fucking boy. No, mate. No. Wait, this was 11 p.m. 11 p.m. And this kid I told you just before, just before I was supposed to go into bed. You could have helped the cunt. Fuck Sorry, that. I'm swearing. You could have helped the kid. No, are you mad? What do you want? At least take him down to the concierge and say, look, this kid seems to have lost his mind. My, logic, my logic is he's walking around in the hallways. Somebody will help him. That's just not me, though. <laughs> That's not... We're living in a society here, Lebo. So it may be, but in a society, sometimes I'm willing to take risks for the community, sometimes I'm not. This is not one of those instances. No. Uh, well, I mean, you know... If it had been a grown drunk man who needed help, or a grown drunk woman who was a like bit the guy lost... Who had an argument. Yeah. <laughs> I might have helped. I might have gone out and been like, you're in the wrong room, man. Uh, do you remember your room number? Like, have a little chat. Be like, no, you go down there. Whatever. I. This is a no contact situation. This is a situation where I want this, as little to do with it. It's backwards, It's backwards. So you'd help a grown man. He's got Absolutely. kids, and his own fault. He got lost. Absolutely. For the little nine-year-old kid. I have was... empathy for him. I have empathy for the grown man <laughs> who got drunk and lost. 
children. I have no witnesses in the room. Let me tell. Let me reframe the situation. If I was in the room, Mate, you don't with a witnesses. with the a kid's woman. Just lost his nan. No one's no one's fucking. Listen to me. I don't give no, a shit. Don't <laughs> no, you need witnesses. Otherwise, it's he says, she says. I, I'm not taking risks, man. The kids, it's like you think the nine-year-old kid is trying to entrap you or something. <laughs> It's not the kid, it's other people's perceptions. Oh, well, that's funny. All right, let me ask you, Johnny. If if the little kid comes up to your room and knocks yeah. at 11 at night, and you're topless, 11 at night. Yeah. topless and only wearing your boxes, what, what are you doing? Well, first of all, I'd ask the kid, where, where did your lows are? Mm. So immediately you're to... asking questions. You're engaging. Yeah, I said, where, 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 where did you last see your nan? You, what did you lose? What the fuck are you looking for your nan for? And you, see, you know where your room is. Don't as you know soon where as your you room do is? that, as soon as you do that, smash cut to six months later, you're in prison because you've been mistaken <laughs> for a pedophile, and uh, you're in you're on the sexual offender registry. Your life is ruined. Your life is ruined. I'm sorry, that's not but it's gonna over. happen. You, um, that's not going to happen. Listen, you don't know the climate here, man. The climate is pedos. Pedo, everybody's a pedo. Everybody's you know this, a pedo. That, that might that might be true. I got used to because I'll tell you one thing. I remember when I first came here. You see, fucking like seven-year-old kids on their arm in the street fucking rollerblading doing all this shit and i remember when i first came it's not a shock to me anymore i'm just used to it but like i remember like thinking back in london yeah but that's what's kids normal. That young, what you're seeing is hate. normal yeah, yeah and yeah. the thing in london and the uk no, I remember, I, I know, is abnormal I know, I know. and it's right, heightened I'm, it's yeah. like see grown men with their own children going into playgrounds or even that looks suspicious and they people keep that's an eye sad. on them just I'm, to make sure sad, though, it? it is sad but this is the this is the state of the uk they've got like fuck the uk i'm just saying so you can't you can tr you, you can try to judge me but you're judging me incorrectly i think even in, even in that climate though i would like i mean be concerned for the fucking kids I mean, if a kid was lost in a supermarket and came up to you and said, have you seen my man? Where are the people you... who work in the supermarket? I, exactly. Okay. I, I'd, be like, least you'd take... I'd be like, yo, 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 there's a kid here. Get him away from me. But yeah, you could have done that in a hotel. No, because to I'm topless in my boxes and I'm on the fourth floor and I'm not going to grab this kid's hand and go down to reception with him. That's, yo, come on now. Let's be sensible. It's fine. It's fine because he put the the next room down probably would do that. Well, let them. Okay, if if there, if only there was a witness, Johnny, I could have done the right thing. <laughs> if I had a woman in the room with me who could vouch for my character and be there and join me, exactly. That's the key. If they could join me and take the kid to the reception yeah. or talk to him, that's one thing. But a grown single man in a hotel room with a yeah. little boy. Come so on what, did you, what did you say to about? What was your last words to the to the gang lad? Uh, let me genuinely let me try to remember. He said, "Is my nan in there?" I said, "No." He said, "Where is she?" I said, "I don't know. Have a look around." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, oh god. But you're definitely not getting any messages from women. We're gonna ask her to take that. So uh, that's uh, you, you, you've solved that problem. At least. 
Oh, I'm sorry, women uh, of the world. I know you are very excited about the potential of romance with me <laughs> and with, you know, have, building a life together and having fun times. But unfortunately, I am the kind of person who yeah. does what I just described. So if you yeah. want someone like Johnny, who lives in a more idealistic world, where I would have done it, where you, where he would it. help the child, and he would, yeah. you know, grab it by the hand and lead it around until the grandmother is found, um, then I suggest you try to email Johnny and no, break, up his, break up his long-term relationship. Else. You know what yeah. they say: just because there's a goalkeeper doesn't mean you can't score. So I welcome you. I welcome you to email him and try it on. Send him a picture because he's very visually minded. Make sure you're dressed well because he cares about fashion. Um, yeah, just you know, take your shot. Take your shot. Make it happen. Take a shot. All I'm going to do is use your pictures to make my girlfriend jealous. Keep her on her toes. <laughs> that's all you. Got. That's all that's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. Should we call it there then, Levan? I'm happy to call it there. I think we've got some good stuff. 